lives in us. That's pretty awesome. I think we'll go with that. We are looking at how God has revealed himself in a number of ways. Signs that say God is here, God is around us, God is uh, involved in the world. And we continue that with this, God the meteorologic master. We have come in to this day recognizing the weather. And somewhere along the way, you probably observed it, you felt it, you've commented on it, maybe you've had a conversation about the weather. And the common thing to do is if it turns out really bad, is that's the common conversation right after, hey, how are you? What do you think about whatever is going on? So it's weather, and it becomes a major factor in our lives and the introductory statements in our conversations and relationships with other people and weather is a sign of God so every day the atmosphere is letting you know that God is real God is around us that we exist in that space that he has created and we are living examples of what he can do uh, and what he is doing, and we are seeing it, and it is an amazing thing that he, what he has pulled off with this. So we're going to examine that. We're going to look at scripture. We're going to go through and see what God has done with weather and how that fits uh, for us, how that, how that affects us. And because of our shifting focus as we've gone over a period of time we've gone into some spirit the spiritual nature of the world God has made so it's not just a physical world it is also an immaterial spiritual world and God has worked from his vantage point all these things that are unfolding in the physical world and weather is no different he is at work using that and it gives us a, an opportunity to see his character, his creativity, what he's doing to accomplish his purposes, how he reveals himself in that process. So weather is huge. It is a major player in, in our day-to-day -day lives, and it is a sign of God. So let's take a look. Big thing in the topic, or topic in the news often and in commentaries all over, is climate change. So this is just a remarkable thing, but I, I, I suppose the news people just didn't know that climate changes. It, it just does, has, does now, will in the future. It just changes. Do you remember stories about an ice age? So these black big glaciers around the earth, north and south, and they melted off. Does that indicate climate change? The depth of the oceans, the movement. There was a big one. There was a worldwide flood. That's meteorologic enormity. So we've had weather changes over time from the, from the 13th was it to the 18th century. There was the Little Ice Age, where Europe cooled off, affected things in, in that area. 
and then it's been warming up since, and so we've got some changes happening uh, in the weather because climate changes. And then if you go with the micro changes, uh, since we are located in Oklahoma, those changes happen regularly and can happen with some speed, so we can have some uh, nice weather in the in the daytime and have tornadoes by night and just changes. I know that's not exactly what they're talking about, but come on, it changes. So we know that there's something to be expected, no, nothing to be arguing about. It just, it just is. But let's look at this. Here's, here's what Job says in Job 37, 13. Whether for correction or for his world or for loving kindness, he, God, causes it to happen. So the weather changes that are unfolding, the storms that come, the rains that fall, whatever those are, however those things are coming about, God is making them happen. Now, he, he's doing that for correction. At times, he's sending a storm to get somebody's attention. He sends a tornado or a flood or a lightning bolt to get attention and to correct, and sometimes to just put an end to something that's going on. And he will use that as well as just in normal, the normal processes around the world that are unfolding for his world. So for his world, he's taking care of it. He sends rain. He set up the weather systems so that the movement of the jet stream, the ocean currents, and they affect the weather currents above the water, and those things are moving back and forth. Evaporation goes into clouds, and the clouds rain, and they pick a place to rain. Sometimes, even when we come in here, we'll go, man, I think we just got like three inches of rain, and I talk to somebody on the south side of 412, and they go, it didn't rain at my place. And they go, it just, clouds came right here and stopped and didn't rain over there. And we have places where it does rain, places it doesn't, places it's rained in the past and was all lush, and now it's dry, and it just changes back and forth. But he's taking care of his world. He also uses weather for his correction. And then he provides weather as part of his loving kindness. And he told the people of Israel that he would send them to this place that would be a a lush area that he would have a place for them that would grow everything that they do, take care of their livestock, their their farming, everything was going to grow there. And then they rebelled, and he said, "If you if you turn your back on me, then I will turn that place into a desert." And he did. And then he promised in Isaiah that this would turn around again when they returned, when he brought them back to the land. He's brought them back to the land now. Israel is producing abundantly. Something happened. The weather changes. God does it for correction, takes care of his world, and he does it for loving kindness. So he's pouring out himself in a variety of ways using the weather. And we have an opportunity 
to see his handiwork and to see him at work when we're watching the weather and how, how it unfolds. It's not just the, the meteorologist on TV and the, red, the, mat, the map with the red moving at your house. There's, there's more to it. So, a God above all, back to Exodus, early part of the Old Testament, a time when Moses has been sent down to Egypt to retrieve the people of God, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. And this is what he says in Exodus 12, verse 12. I, God, will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. He is making it clear that he is the one who is above all. And he is above all in terms of weather. And when you read that, and you've read it, but you may not have recognized that the gods of Egypt have something to do with weather. Many of them have to do with weather. So the amount of rain that falls that falls in the mountains that fills up the Nile River and brings the river down, does its flooding, and it waters the ground and makes the, the Nile Valley area such, such a, a lush, growing place. That's, that's related to weather. And they have gods related to uh, lightning, thunder and lightning, to the clouds, to the rain that falls, to the flooding that comes, to the crops that grow, and to the livestock, and all, all of those things are related to gods. The gods of Egypt and the gods in other areas are not just fictional. They're not just something made up. They are local demonic beings who have supernatural power that have some micro-ability to manipulate and control some things and as a result of that people began to follow and call on their local god to take care of them there's a debate remember this from the old testament they're having this battle and well your god is the god of the mountain so we'll go down in the valley and fight because their god is the god of the you know so they have these local regional geographic places and those are those are just demonic powers that have, have gotten enough, enough attention that the people are worshiping them as, as gods as, uh, and small g gods, and they do have that, that kind of power. So that's, that's affecting how their lives are lived, how, how they see the world around them. It's not just, well, it's just physical, material, these they just don't understand weather patterns if they had a real meteorologist they they would understand how this works well they kind of did understand the physics but they also understood there's a supernatural aspect to this and in our day we pretty much push the supernatural aspect totally out and only look at the material physical side and we miss it as well because you know, in the 10 o'clock news, you don't really get the supernatural side of that thing's coming at me. So there's a different aspect here. And in this case, God is saying, I am the one. 
above all gods. And I'm going to prove it because I'm going to send plagues on Egypt. And they will know that their gods are nothing before me. And he crushes them, which is the ten plagues. That's why the ten plagues. That's when they gave up. They had nowhere else to go. If our gods can't protect us, if our gods can't keep, keep out this, this is Hebrew God, then we're in trouble and give in. So they did. But that's God executing judgment, correction, on the earth using powers, using weather in some cases to accomplish his purpose in those ten plagues. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt because I'm the Lord. I'm the one above all. No one else. And there's no one like me. He does again. He does it again. God above all. Baal. I had to add that because that was funny. Okay. 1 Kings 18. Remember this story with Elijah, he's on the Mount, Mount Carmel, he's got the, the priest of Baal. They're, they're gathered and, and they have a competition and they have two altars and they're calling on Baal to, to light the fire on their altar and burn up the sacrifice and Elijah's going to call on the Lord to bring down fire from heaven and light the altar and burn up the sacrifice. So that's the competition that's going on. If you've seen the little statues of Baal, then you've seen him holding a lightning bolt. He is the god of fertility, but fertility means how are you going to grow everything? How are you going to keep the livestock? How are you going to grow the crops if you don't have the weather? So he's the storm god as well. And the storm gods are often pictured with a lightning bolt. Even though sometimes they're called you know, god of thunder, it's hard to picture the thunder so the lightning bolt becomes the thing so who has the lightning in that story huh because it's weather immediately the fire of the lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull the wood the stones and the dust it it even licked up all the water in the trench and when all the people saw it they fell face down on the ground and cried out the lord he is god yes the Lord is God. 1 Kings 18, 38, 39. The Lord's God. Because of weather. Because he sent the weather. He corrected right then their misconception about who is God. Who is greatest. Who controls the weather, really? Who controls the weather? God, the Lord. The only one. And he's controlling it specifically at the right time. After these priests of Baal have, have failed, and then he sends the lightning bolt, and maybe several, because it licks up everything, and he has consumed this, the, the altar, the meat, the water, everything that was there is now gone. Because God has just corrected. God is in control of his world, and he can bring it exactly when he needs to, and that's also loving kindness. He's proving himself to his followers that he is the God who looks out for you. He's correcting the others by saying, that ain't, that ain't God. I'm God. And he takes care of it immediately. So those little statues of Baal with his lightning bolt are meaningless. 
by comparison to the Lord who is God. And he has proven it. He not only does it right then, but we still have the issue of the rain. It hasn't rained in three and a half years. So who controls that? We're waiting for that one to unfold. And there's Elijah again waiting for God. Going to bring in some rain and the rains begin. So who has control of the weather? Well, it's just a process. It just the seas and the Pacific are getting warm and that controls the, the weather in North America. And oh my gosh, yeah, kind of. Because God is controlling his world and it's his weather and he set up a system. But at any moment, any time, he decides, to, I think I'll just make it snow in July. He can do it. I think I'll send a lightning bolt right there, right now. He can do it. It just changes everything. So, how in the world can we get so lost as to say, I don't see God around me. I just, I just feel so lost. I don't, I don't really sense him. I don't feel him. Well, if it's hot outside, go stand in the sun for a minute. If it's cold outside, go outside, take your coat off. See that cold weather? It's raining. Go stand out there. There he is. He's showing up every day. Every day. Keeping the world going. Bringing in fresh air. Blows the wind in. Sometimes harder than other times. But he brings along. Um, oh, about the lightning thing. So, lightning hits... It is, is just blowing up all around the world all the time. And one of the cool factors of our atmosphere is that it's made up mainly of nitrogen, not oxygen. If it were all oxygen, have you ever been in a hospital room and it, and it has the oxygen, you know, and people are putting on a little mask and it says don't smoke in here or don't, no sparks, no, don't play with stuff because things will burn up, blow up, bad things happen. If it's all oxygen. So why didn't God make the whole earth just, because that's what we breathe, just oxygen? Because we'd burn it up. You know, let's have s'mores. No s'more. Gone. So we got to change the, change the atmosphere in such a way that it, that it functions properly. And God said, you know, I think this is a mixture. A little bit of oxygen, a whole lot of nitrogen, some other things. But then when the lightning strikes all over, every time it splits nitrogen and the nitrogen molecules fall to the earth and then the nitrogen the soil needs in the right form that it can absorb now hits the plants and hits the soil and that's where otherwise it can't get it. There's, there's a few legumes that will put nitrogen back into the soil but most of them need the nitrogen and they suck it out. So where do you get nitrogen? Well, you eat things that have nitrogen. Guess where it comes from? Some lightning that's busting all over the world. So who's in charge of the weather and who thought that through? That Let's keep this cycle going and I'll feed people and I'll take care of them, keep them healthy, plants, animals. And those folks who don't even believe in me, I'll just take care of all of them. Weather. He's just doing it all the time. All right. God above all, Luke 8, chapter 8, verse 24. This is an occasion when Jesus is, is 
traveling across the sea and with the disciples. And he's told them, let's go to the other side. So they all climb in the boat. And, and we got a number of fishermen in this group who, this, this is the, the area that the Sea of Galilee is their thing. This is where they've lived all their lives. They're familiar. They look at weather patterns. They know this would be a good time to go across. This would be a bad time to go across. And they go, okay. So I'm assuming they knew that this is probably a safe time. There's no storm, at least obvious on the horizon. They get in the boat. They take off. Jesus takes a nap. And they're making their way. And the storm comes. And it says, sudden. And they panic because now there's water around them and there's water in the boat and they think this thing is done so they wake up Jesus so he can know that we're all going to die. They think, just leave him alone and let him die with you. He doesn't have to wake up. But anyway, they wake him up. So he, let's, we're dying here. And he deals with them. This right here. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. The storm stopped and all was calm. Huh. He just gets up and tells the storm to stop. Controls the weather. He controls the weather. Tells it to stop. The waves, which usually take a while, even if the wind stopped, keep going. They didn't. Everything went calm immediately when he said stop. But he wasn't done with the lesson. He turns to them and says, so where's your faith? Where's your faith? And they're freaking out because he stopped the storm. Because for some reason, they hadn't heard the sermon about God being the meteorologic master. So they missed it and they didn't know this was possible. So he controls the weather and he stops it immediately. But the faith thing is the issue. So... You didn't think God, the Son of God, had anything to do with this. So there are other gods. Well, I don't believe in other gods. These, these are Israelites. These, these are children of Israel. These are people who, who understand there is one true God. Till you get to weather. And then maybe the mountains, maybe the gods that are out there on the other side of Caesarea Philippi, there's some reasons for uh, some powers that may be over there. Maybe that's an issue. Maybe the ones we're headed to on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, there's some demonic things happening over there with those guys. So maybe there's some other powers. There's some, there's some scary stuff in the depths of the sea. That was, that was frightening. That, that, that whole idea of what, what is down there in the depths, in the darkness. And all of that comes to mind. And here's, I'm on the water. Now I'm fearful. The storms come. I'm afraid of the storm. And here's Jesus saying, where's your faith? Why would you be afraid of any of those things? I'm with you. I'm with you in the boat. Besides that, when we started this little trip, I told you, let's go to the other side. So what makes you think we're not going to the other side? So when he tells you, we're going to the other side, and then something comes up, why do you fear that he might not do that? 
just like he said, and take you right to the shore that he had planned in the first place. He controls the weather. He is the one who alters the weather when he chooses, who sets up the systems that flow, and we can study, and it's all fascinating. But at any moment, he can stop it, change it, move it, and you want to talk about climate change. He's in control of it at any time. Always has been, always will be. And he's at work. He was with those boys. God above all, James 5, 17 to 18. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Wow. He prayed and he overcame the, the, the weather. He asked the God who is above all to bring a change. So we have Baal who's, who is a... Uh, Middle Eastern God who holds the lightning bolt. If you look at Greek and Roman gods, you got Juice, Jupiter and Zeus and other gods of weather. And they are seen as the ones who control the weather in other parts of the New Testament. We'll address that. But we've got a God, God who is above all. So we've got the local gods, regional gods, geographic gods, demonic powers who have some influence over some of these things, but it is God who is over all. Even, even the devil is called the power, prince of the power of the air, so there's some involvement in those things and, and destruction that has happened, and yet we can turn to God and look for his help and look for his power to overcome, and he will reveal himself even in weather. And he does it just in the maintenance of the world again, but also for correction and loving and kindness. And we have to look at what he is doing when and where and how and, and understand that God is at work in this world in such a magnificent way, and we get to be part of it. And when we are walking with him, we can see him at work in such, like the disciples with Jesus. Jesus says, storm, stop, done, stops. With Elijah, he prays, stops raining for three and a half years. That'll get somebody's attention. Three and a half years later, he says, now, let's rain. Here it comes. Started filling up all around. It gets so muddy, he has to run through it. It is remarkable how quickly we can forget and get fearful in the middle of the storm, get worried about the direction of the atmosphere when God is the ultimate power, wisdom, guide, the planner who is at work in all of it, in all of the all that is unfolding around us. And we can see him in this as well. Signs. Luke twenty one, verses twenty five to twenty six. There will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Jesus is talking about some end-time events and what to look for and some signs. So 
what is it that the climate change folk are talking about? If the ice melts, the seas raise up. I even saw a story on that yesterday. They're building more seawalls around different cities, Miami, Florida for one, to, to keep the ocean back and the, the waters will rise. So is that a new thing? No, it's been happening off and on, goes up and down, things happen. Do you know how that giant tank tanker got out of the Suez Canal? Remember, it blocked. They couldn't. It shut down transports for a couple of weeks, and it was just locked in there until the full moon came by, and the tides rose, and the thing popped right out. Huh? Who came up with that system? Yeah, just use the tide. So, what happens if you've got some strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars? And the nations are perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. The God of heaven says, I'm in charge. This is what's going to happen. And it will freak people out. Because how much has the water come up or heated or cooled or just that much is enough. And people are freaked out because you hear it all the time. It's just a constant argument or it can't have plastic bags because that's causing this. I go, we ought not make a mess, but I'm not sure it's causing this. The powers in the heavens will be shaken. Huh. By the way, the, the sun, moon, and stars are not the powers in the heavens. Prince of the power of the air. Principalities. Yeah. Powers of the air. Powers in the heavens. So things are going to happen. God is shaking up things. He is working supernaturally and with the natural world. So all of those things are happening. Then there's a big one. It's coming. Look up. Luke 21, 27 to 28. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up. For your salvation is near. He will come. He's going to come in the clouds. And people are going to see him. And they are going to recognize, wow, that's him. That's who we've been waiting for. Others will say, where can I hide? Because I didn't want to see him. He's coming. And if he's riding on a cloud, just give you a clue. He's in charge in charge of the weather so every day with the weather you have an opportunity to see God at work through his manifestation of himself his loving kindness his correction his just taking care of the world he's made so that we can live and all of us around the world all seven billion of us can do well have the basics of life it is a it's a gift and he is not done yet so, look up. The Son of Man is coming. Look up. Look at the weather. See what God has done. Look for Him. He is still above all. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for allowing us to live in this world, to exist in this atmosphere, even though we may not recognize all that You are doing in it and with it. But now, today, Lord, we want to be more attentive. We want to give You 
or show you our gratitude, appreciate the things that you've done, the way that you take care of this place, the way you uh, feed us and clothe us and provide for us, and even the air we breathe. Thank you for all of it. And you are indeed God above all. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Look up. Remember to look up.